Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What happened, Gandalf? Why didn't you meet us? Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, February 8th. We're running fives today. I'm J.D. Skeets alongside me, Mr. What You Need to Know, Tass Millis. I stole JD's cold open for my tweet of the night, so he had to replace it with that, and I'm so happy I did. <laughs> wow, wow, incredible. We also got the Bassmaster ripping them lips, Trey Kirby. Hey yo! Hey yo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends! Lily. Mm. <laughs> last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team, joining us live on YouTube right now. We're still looking for that elusive 30,000 subscriber goal. Let's get there. Let's do it soon. So make sure you all continue to like and comment and subscribe, of course, and share it. Share it with your friends. It helps us out. Email us your questions and comments for this week's Beach Steppin' Podcast to nodunksattheathletic.com. Grab your merch if you haven't already, nodunks.com. Hoodies and crewnecks and t-shirts and shorts and mugs. Oh, my. All available. Look at those bangers there. So, fun Monday here. NBA weekend winners and losers, as we always do. We also have a trade to get to between the Pistons and Knicks. But, first up, congrats to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers <laughs> for winning Super Bowl 55. Brady's seventh ring. Oh my, is he the GOAT of all time across all sports? No, he's not. But he probably is the GOAT when it comes to QBs. Yeah. Lee, though, we teased it last week. I hope, I hope, I pray you watched it. I want to get your review of the weekend's <laughs> Super Bowl halftime performance. Did you end up watching it live last night or maybe on YouTube? And what did you think? I didn't watch it live. I uh, fired up the YouTubes this morning to watch it. Um, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, um, I don't know too much about the weekend. Um, I, yeah, I think Saturday spelled, and Sunday. Yeah, well, he spells his uh, name without the second E <laughs> or the third E, I guess it is, doesn't it? That's, that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, uh, you know how he spells about the weekend. Yeah, that's pretty good that you know <laughs> okay, that. So, well, I catch. saw that because I saw some people, you know, tweeting about that part of it. Um, <laughs> okay. I just, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the performance itself, it, I mean, it was fine. Okay, um, fine. Yep. I just, you know, when you think of Super Bowl halftime performances, you know, you sort of want something to really remember. And uh, I just sort of don't think this one will, will put itself in that top echelon. As far as, I actually, listening to it, I recognized a few more songs than I thought I did. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's him. Oh, and that one too. Okay, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I just, there was nothing captivating about it for me. For me. I, okay. I, just, I just thought it was a good halftime show. But, you know, the weekend is just uh, – and you guys know this better than me for sure. I, I have no idea where he stands in the current sort of musician entertainment world, but I don't right. think he's up 
super high. I don't think so. Um, so you know, it was like uh, okay, fine. Okay. You know, just a just a fine. I mean, it wasn't awful. It wasn't a bad well, performance. I no. didn't think it wasn't one of those performances like the Katy Perry shark dress, uh, you know, where people just were ripping on it the whole time. It was like, yeah, he put in the effort. He put in his own money, which is still just beyond absurd to me that he had to You think he his got way. his $7 million worth last I, night? I, I guess so. I hope so. I hope he did. I hope he made a lot more money off it. Um, but I just, you know, it was like, yep, good, fine. You did, okay. a, you did a good job. Uh, <laughs> nothing terrible about it. People won't be making fun of it. I mean, he got a good meme out of it too. That sort of lost in that maze. Yeah, the, the mirror maze for yeah, sure. Yeah, probably, yeah. So he's he's got a sort of probably a lifelong maze out of that because it's always anytime someone's <laughs> anytime someone's looking lost or trying to find something, you know, that one and that just got overworked last night, which is which is probably what you want, like a good fun meme, not like a. Uh, I mean, even Shakira last year. Remember when she did the goat sort of like the tongue sticking out thing? Like that was. Oh, yeah. You know, that was kind of like a thing that got made fun of. That didn't really last, actually, did it? We didn't really no, see it after no. the Super Bowl. But I think you this think one... memes are going to stick around longer than they sometimes yeah. actually do. But I mean, yeah. I think this one could because he had that real sort of like he was lost looking, you know, <laughs> face. Um, <laughs> but I, I got to be honest, I wasn't. I wasn't like. I'm not going to be like. I'm watching this one over and over and over. I'm, I'm okay. like, I watched it because I had to, and I was like, uh, great. You know, well done. Okay, great. Does anyone else want to chime in? Or is, is Lee right? Was it like, it was good. It was fine. It wasn't going to be, it's not going to be remembered as the best Super Bowl halftime performance. It's definitely not going to be remembered as the worst. Trey, is that fair? Is he sort of in the right ballpark here? I think he's exactly right. Yeah. I think you can classify it the same as you would last night's Super Bowl. It happened. There were some exciting things. Brady to Gronk, but it's going to be ultimately not one of the yeah. most memorable I don't know. The thing with The weekend to me is that I really like his songs. Some of the visuals I thought were incredible, but the guy's got to learn how to dance. When you're out there performing during the Super Bowl, you got to be able to do something when everybody's watching you, especially if you're not going to bring any guests out. Yeah. Is that fair, Tass? We were talking about that watching it with Nora, too. We're like, he's he's amazing artist, obviously. He actually sounded great, I thought, too. Uh, but he uh, his his... He lacks in the stage charisma because mainly because he really is not a dancer. And that's fine. You're, you're asking him to do the Super Bowl halftime show. Like, Tass, we saw his first show ever the weekends. <laughs> it's pretty freaking bonkers when you think about that. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad he didn't dance because he can't dance. It, it wouldn't have been good. Right. <laughs> I mean, he needs, he definitely needs a little more. Yeah. In terms of, yeah, holding a stage on his own while we're all expecting him to, yeah, captivate us for. A long time yeah it'd be nice if he could dance but that's just not him mm-hmm. um and yeah it, it is bonkers to think that yeah it was almost a decade back that we saw him and i thought there was a little bit more soul in the weekend back then i think that you know we've he's gotten a little poppy but hey of course he's, he's a, a kajillionaire so congratulations <laughs> to him yeah uh, it's he's, worked he's out doing well all right i'm not a big stash man uh you know, <laughs> but uh yeah he's doing all right and, yeah and, and he did sound great the the Production was awesome. Yeah, JD, what did you think of the production? Yeah, the production was great. I mean, I I don't really care about his dancing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had about a thousand dancers out there, so <laughs> that part of it was fine. 
Uh, I, I find... I, I, just to jump in there, I don't even think we're, I don't think personally, like we have to ask him to dance, but there is something that he lacks in the, like, I can't take my eyes off of you. As right. A, as, that right. some performers have, and I just don't think he sort of has that. And that's completely fine. I do like his music, but yeah. 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 To, and there, there is a little overcompensation there with the background, like that background when he first came out looked amazing when it, mm-hmm. when the, the choir motif and all that. And then when he went into the tunnel, the mirror tunnel looked amazing. That as looked well. cool. That looked and I was like, was that? But I was, I'm like looking for $7 million. Like, what did he spend it on? What the is, fireworks, JD. I told you. It's not you, the man. fireworks. What it can't fireworks be the fireworks. Yes. There was a lot of violinists there, and violin mm. is an expensive, expensive uh, <laughs> yeah. instrument. So maybe renting all those. I did think that that was the best song for me. That was the, the, the more lower key. I don't remember what it was. I don't know the names of these weekend songs. They're all about cocaine. So the one that was about <laughs> cocaine with violins, I really liked that because it was a little bit more of a low key performance, and I thought he really thrived there. And that's yeah. the difference between early weekend versus new weekend. Yeah. He's Michael Jackson now. He just wants to make big pop bangers. He used to be a mysterious guy back in the day, back when he wouldn't show his face. And I think that you're seeing the difference when you're trying to be the biggest performer in the world versus when you're some guy from Scarborough. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Scarborough. Yeah. That was the tweet of the night for me. I think it was, uh, I believe it was Sasha Carla tweeting that uh, the Pepsi halftime show is uh, all songs about Coke, <laughs> which is so good and so true. Uh, so okay. Yeah, I, al- I also like that they were that he was on the football field. Like mm-hmm. you know, you never see that. And they used this guy Cam to he ran basically all the way to the middle of the field. Yeah. And it was like, oh yeah, I'm watching a halftime of a football show or a football game, and it's. I like that. I'm a big drumline guy too, so I like seeing people on the field in uh, in choreographed. Uh, well, Beyonce uh, did that, right? She was. Did on she? The field. Oh, okay. I, I th- was it Beyonce? I think she was. Um, I, I, I vaguely remember her being on the field with a bunch of people too. But yeah. you are right; like they had the ability to make that wicked stage for them. Yeah, because they didn't have to have seats there. <laughs> like you know. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool, that part. Uh, I'm getting some news here in my ear from the stream team. They're saying that uh, both the violin players and the violins were fake. Mm. So that's mm. a no-go <laughs> on the money there. What were those people doing? Wow. Just faking it. That's yeah. right. Faking yeah. it. I'm telling you, it all went to fireworks. I'm, I'm 100% sure. It, it was fireworks. a hell of a show. It was a wicked oh, part was nice, at the end. Nice where explosions. They, he was on the field and it was all behind him. Okay, well, let's hear from yeah. you in the stream team. I mean, grade it. I mean, Lee, you're giving it a, a sounds like a B, maybe a C. C. See, just okay. I, I mean, comparing it again to 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 other. Uh, well, you what's know, your favorite? Ah, uh, oh, Prince JD. Oh, Prince is <laughs> Prince was, that great. was That's one of the best ever for sure. <laughs> what about you too, mate? Yeah, yeah you I was going to say you two were you good. Too. You two were good. Um, right after nine eleven, they yeah, had that's the, right. the tribute. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson was ninety three, I think, wasn't he? I think that's yeah, he did the whole thing big... where he was like in yeah. two parts of the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last year's was good with Shakira and J-Lo. I mean, they brought the energy. They were mm-hmm. great. Gaga was good. I thought she was great. Okay. Hey, so what you... about this guy? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's enough. We've done 10 minutes on it. I thought, it was 10 more I thought we would do, actually. Uh, well, right. one, last, one last question. Sure. There was a commercial last night featuring a man near and dear to the hearts of No Dunks. <laughs> a shaggy commercial. Yeah. Pretty incredible stuff. What'd you think, Tassie? <sighs> I thought it was really good. I thought you got you got shaggy. I mean, that's a that's a get. Uh, yeah, I, I I always I'm glad he got to speak in his regular voice. That's that's my favorite shaggy. You know, he obviously he had the lines, but at the end when uh, 
when Mila Kunis convinced Ashton Kutcher that it wasn't her, he said, Puh, that's the first time that's worked. Uh, you know, to hear, I, I just give me a regular shaggy voice any day of the week. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, Lee, your Twitter mentions were going crazy yeah, when, when yeah. Shaggy showed but, up in the commercial. But this ad was out, like, last Wednesday. I mean, I saw it. Like, oh, wow. I'm not that deep in the shagger net like yeah. you are, man. Oh, I've been all the latest <laughs> drops. That's the thing. Now they don't even wait to the Super Bowl. They just get the ads out. they got to get those clicks. And yeah. it worked. It was a good one. I like Ashton. I like Mila. So it was a pretty good threesome <laughs> they had going there. Okay, great. <laughs> great, great stuff. Okay. Uh, well, I believe, actually, I said it. we're running five today. We're actually running sixes. We got a guy coming off the bench because we have the Southern lawyer himself. We got ourselves a tree. Oh, yes. The Southern lawyer in the running for sixth man of the year here. Uh, yeah, yesterday, a little Super Bowl dump. Uh, the Detroit Pistons traded Derrick Rose to the Knicks for Dennis Smith Jr. and a second-round pick. Uh, the move, of course, reunites D-Rose with head coach Tom Thibodeau for a third time. I can't quit you, Derrick Rose. Rose is averaging 14 <laughs> points, four assists, and about uh, two boards, I think it is, in about 23 minutes a game. So Tass, you know, you know this is not a blockbuster deal by any means, but, uh, you know, grade the trade, or what do you think about this? You weren't all that excited on what you need to know today. You were like, eh. It was like, it was like Lee responding to the weekend's uh, Super Bowl <laughs> halftime performance. It was like, okay, this is a trade. Is that how you still feel? Well, it's not that it's a meh trade. It's more like I don't think either team won this deal. I think they both lost, which is strange. For me, I'm always uh, looking at the names and thinking about what this guy could be in the future and being positive about it. Uh, And in this case, I'm just not excited for either team because the Knicks are definitely better with Derrick Rose on their roster. So they'll get a couple more wins, but he's going to take a minutes from Emmanuel quickly. Tom Thibodeau could overplay Derrick Rose. Last couple of years, Derrick Rose has been perfect in that bench role. I could see Derrick Rose starting for this Knicks team, taking minutes away from young guys, making them a little better when I think they should just be getting worse. And I just want Derrick Rose on a championship team. And mm. and this ain't going to happen in New York anytime soon. I kind of want that for Derrick Rose in his 30s here. And on the other side, Dennis Smith Jr., if he becomes good, if he is anywhere close to what he was when he was drafted with the Mavs, then the Pistons won this deal uh, because Derrick Rose is going into his 30s. If you get a good player for a guy that you can't use into his 30s, then you're you're the winner of this trade. But uh, he hasn't been able to show that he's great at this point. The last couple of years, he's fallen completely out of the rotation with the Knicks. And the Pistons only got a second-round pick alongside Dennis Smith Jr. So couldn't you get a first-round pick for Derrick Rose? It seems like everybody garners a first-round pick the last couple of years. So I'm just... I thought they were, they could have got more, and, and the Knicks, even though they're better, I'm not pumped for the the Derrick Rose future here into his 30s on the Knicks. I, I we know he's a bench player and he's good at that. Why not do that somewhere else? Where with the Knicks, he's just going to play a lot. <laughs> what, what do you think, Trey? Uh, I think that the Knicks and the Knicks fans are getting the full Tibbs experience, and I'm kind of happy for him because <laughs> you know you saw it a lot over the weekend that. They were that Knicks fans were already getting upset that Alfred Payton plays over Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. Shades of Keith Bogans starting 82 games for the best team in the league. Keith Bogans averaged four points a game, started 82 games the entire season. Everybody said, what is Thibs doing, man? Why does he keep rolling Keith Bogans out there when we got Kyle Korver and Keith and uh, who was the other guy off the bench? Ronnie Brewer yeah. were the two guys that could have started. It never happened. 
Thibs is set in his ways. So it was going to be Alfred Payton as the starting point guard for the Knicks for a long time. And that didn't seem like the greatest idea. But now they are pulling this Rose move. If you want to look at it through rose-colored glasses, maybe Thibs says, hey, I'm starting Emmanuel quickly. Now that we've got another scorer here at the point guard spot, Alfred Payton, you're going to third string point guard quickly. You're starting and D Rose is coming off the bench as the sixth man because that seems to be exactly what he needs to be doing right now. He can't play 40 minutes a night, but he can play 25 and go out there and get some buckets. But that's probably not what's going to happen. It's probably going to be eating into Emmanuel Quickly's minutes. Perhaps it eats in a little bit more into Austin Rivers' minutes. I don't know what it is. The Knicks did need to improve their point guard scoring, mm-hmm. but I thought that would just be playing quickly more. I don't know. It's He's on the last year of his deal. It's a small deal. The Knicks have the lowest payroll in the league. They didn't give up anything to get Derrick Rose. The only worry is that they bring him back next year and continue to play him over their young guys. But if he just becomes a, a scorer for this team, then I think it's going to be fine. And I think we're a little bit... Um, overzealous with hating on the Knicks for this move because they didn't do anything. I mean, you're getting a bench guy for a guy that never plays in a second round pick. That's a pretty smart move for a lot of teams. But if they use it to bring him back next year because Thibs loves this guy, then they'll be in trouble. If you're Mm -hmm. not going to turn the team over too quickly, then what's the point? If you're uh, a fan of another team, though, I would be calling the Knicks. I'd say, hey, What's Austin Rivers up to? What's Frank Nilekina up to? There are some right. decent players you could steal away from the Knicks at this point. Yeah, Lee, what do you think of from the Knicks side of things, like Trey saying there? You know, doesn't hate it for what they gave up to get a guy that we know can still score off the bench yeah. in like 20 to 25 minutes. It's going to give you a 15. Like, it's basically a lock with him. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be how Tibbs handles this situation because all those things you guys are mentioning there with their young players coming through, that's really what Knicks fans don't want to see that progress impeded for just a guy who's the coach and he's bringing back one of his favorite players who's you know, well past his best. Uh, and that that's the concern for me that Rose, he might come in and say, no, I'm going to play, you know, I'm going to play next to these guys. I'm going to fit in. But then when he, get, he goes out there on the court, he tries to take over. So, I mean, he he, he, he improves the team immediately because Dennis Smith, I mean, I can't believe how he, I even forgot he was in the league. I mean, he, well, he barely, volunteered to go to the G yeah. to get played. Uh, yeah. And I remember when the Mavs drafted him and I was like, oh, this guy's exciting. He was the centerpiece of that Porzingis deal as well. It was like, okay, the Knicks are yeah. getting a decent player here, but, uh, you know, he, he may not even be in the league by the end of this season the way things are going he's only 23 too mm-hmm. which is incredible but uh yeah rose improves the team on paper immediately because he's a you know he's a better player than those guys but the knicks aren't you know contending for a championship right now so they need to show that they're a different team than they were in the past and not just make impulsive moves that maybe give them a few extra wins but don't really improve the team or the development of their young players and, and quickly as, as everyone's saying there quickly he's been very good for the Knicks so far he's still got a long way to go of course and maybe he can benefit from playing alongside a veteran like Rose but it, it just I'm a little bit reluctant to sort of think this is a good move today for the Knicks because we've sort of seen this before where you know Rose can come in there and just all of a sudden it deflate maybe those guys playing behind him uh, and it's going to be it's going to look bad on the coach that the Tibbs is just bringing back one of his old friends so uh, I hope it works out for the Knicks uh, I'm not sure it will but then again I'm not sure it will make a, a huge difference to them negatively either you know they're going to be in the playoff hunt I think for this season but uh, they're not really a, certainly not a top four or top six team in the Eastern Conference they're they're a play-in tournament type team that that uh, lower part of the playoff race and if they can get there that will be a win considering mm-hmm. where they've been the last five or six seasons anyway. Yeah, Tass, you sort of slipped it in there. You were a little shocked maybe that the Pistons couldn't get a first-round pick for Rose. And I'm not sure I agree with that this season, though last season, I think absolutely. And I wonder why they maybe sat on it. Though I'll say, I heard James Edward III on the ding today say, you know, he covers the Pistons closely. 
there were rumors of a Caruso and a second round pick for Rose at last year's deadline. And of course, you know, both teams uh, couldn't agree on that deal. I'm sure now looking back, the Pistons like, oh, okay, we'd rather maybe have a Caruso instead of uh, Dennis Smith Jr., though they're going to take a free look at him and he's sort of going to be what they're doing with Josh Jackson, right? Who was in the same draft as Dennis Smith Jr. Take a flyer on a guy that looks like he's maybe played himself already out of the league and see what you get. And Josh Jackson's been okay. I mean, he's not going to be an elite player by any means, but maybe they get that out of Dennis Smith Jr. Or maybe Lee's right. Maybe we unfortunately never hear from this guy again if he, at the end of this season or something like that. Both are in play. Yeah, I still think they should have got a first-round pick for him. And this season? Yeah, I know he hasn't been playing great. He's kind of dropped off a little bit, but he's also just in, I don't know, he's kind of in limbo just waiting to be dealt. So I think he'll get back to where he was next year. Yeah, it just, I didn't go through the transaction. I didn't go to NBA.com slash transactions. But in 1920, <laughs> last year, wasn't everybody traded for a first-round pick? Like, even if it was a late first-round pick? Now, Well, Dennis Drummond Pitcher, wasn't, was he? No, the, he no. was a bag of beans. Yeah. He was that was a wild one. That was that was an outlier for sure. Now Dennis Smith Jr. He is the first round pick in this deal if he can be good. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the number nine pick, and he yes, yeah, first year was a good one at fifteen points per game. But then it, yeah, it's been a decline since then. I thought maybe the Knicks just let him go to the G League and play his way into something better that they could trade in a package for a superstar player. That would be sort of my way of thinking. Just get. Try and get a lot better rather than get D Rose better. Mm. I, I love D Rose, but I, I want to see him. Yeah, I want to see him on a championship team. Really, is, it was my thinking for him. But I just worry that it's going to be that. Yeah, him and Tibbs' relationship. That oh, we could do this. You know, let's sneak up those minutes every few <laughs> games. Let's get him up to thirty. Let's get him up to thirty-five, and see where we go from here. And then there's going to be a sort of a middling team again. But I, I maybe uh, other. Free agents look at this and say, "Hey, they're 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 trying to win. Maybe I can go there and be a part of the the culture there because it is a good culture. Maybe that's where this deal is a win for the Knicks. I'm just being optimistic. That probably doesn't happen. I don't think anybody goes because Derrick Rose is going there. But uh, I just don't get it really fully from their side. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24/7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover." Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, well, let's keep it going here. Let's get to uh, some NBA weekend winners and losers. Let's start with the winners. Lee, get us started here today on a Monday. Where are you going? Well, I, I sort of feel like I'm stepping you on, on your toes a little bit here, Skeetsy, because uh, the Kings are back. I oh, think they are back. Oh, boy. <laughs> what a Everybody ride takes a turn. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> what, a, what, what a ride it's been, though, following the Kings this season. Because early on, we had what? Uh, Luke Walton seems certain to be fired, I yep. thought. 
Marvin Bagley's dad was saying, give my son more minutes or trade him out of there. They gave up 120 points uh, in eight games in a row, and it just sort of felt like, here we go again, the Sacramento Kings. Like, the season is just going to be over before it's even started. There'll be fighting, there'll be chaos, there'll be players traded, coaches You forgot about the Bogdanovich to even start the season. Yeah, Bogdanovich, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That's just how far things have gone since then and how things have moved. But this weekend, two very impressive wins. Uh, Firstly, over the Nuggets on Saturday, uh, withstanding a 50-burger. Is it a 50-burger or 50-piece? I can't remember what we're up to now. Uh, From Nikola Jokic. And then yesterday, even more impressive, I thought, beating the Clippers. No Paul George for the Clippers, but that doesn't matter. Everyone's missing players. Uh, They've won four in a row, seven of eight, and are tied for eighth in the West right now, uh, which is an incredible achievement for the Kings, considering, again, their defense is still technically the worst in the league, but it's just not quite as disastrous as it was early on. They can score a little bit better too, which is important. I mean, obviously, if you're giving up a lot of points, if you're scoring more points than your opponent, math says you win those games. Um, Easy, Schumann. (laughs) <laughs> but great contributions from uh, a lot of guys. Harrison Barnes, he absolutely cooked uh, Michael Porter Jr. a couple of times there on uh, on uh, Saturday, that was. Yes, yeah, Saturday. Uh, and then Buddy Heald, who actually had a bad game against Nuggets. He bounced back. He was very good yesterday. But their star player, their legit star player, was once again great in the fourth quarter. De'Aaron Fox, uh, 12 points again yesterday. And in his last five, he's averaging 13 a game. We talked a little bit about this last week, shooting at 56% from the field and 44% from downtown. But more importantly than any of those stats is that leadership that I think. He's like, I am the leader of this team. I am the point guard. I've got to either get guys involved or I have to go and score the ball. I can step back now and hit that three with more confidence than we've seen in the past. And that's what they need from him. And now, again, will he make an all-star, the all-star game? Probably not this season. But certainly the way he's playing, he's making a very, very strong case for himself, especially if the Kings keep winning these games against good opposition. So uh, this is an incredible turnaround. I think right now Luke Walton is as safe as anybody. I mean, (laughs) the team is just playing incredibly well. We know the Kings historically that things could easily fall apart again quickly. But uh, uh, Tom Ziller, if if you're subscribed to his newsletter, and you should if you don't because it's great, he had another great little write-up today because he's been a Kings fan forever. He kind of gave up on the team five years or so ago yep. oh he's back baby uh, <laughs> even Ziller's back <laughs> yeah. uh, but but just a good write up about you know the, the same sort of things that I'm saying there like this team you know were, was good when he was a kid following the team but the chaos that has surrounded this team for so long now just seems to always come back and it looked like this season was off to an almost worse start than we've seen before yeah. from the Kings but uh, they seem to figure things out and a, a lot of it, I think, has to do with just De'Aaron Fox's uh, late-game execution and, and decision-making. Clippers uh, showed him the ultimate sign of respect, Tass. They put Kawhi Leonard on him for good chunks of this, and, and uh, Fox still managed to score on him at times. Oh, baby, did they just they just said it. Hey, you're going to stop De'Aaron Fox. And he said, uh-uh. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, you're talking about cooking. De'Aaron Fox cooked Kawhi Leonard uh, a couple times. He had the step back, and, and he, he just he lost him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he decided to go the step back and go right by him instead. And Kawhi Leonard w- did not look like one of the best defenders in the league guarding De'Aaron Fox. Because, yeah, De'Aaron Fox uh, here in year four has got the confidence, man. Uh, and that's why I don't think they're going to go away. I, I think they're, 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 they should be expected to be a 500 team. Now, that's not... That's not speaking uh, all that highly of a team, but I'm right. setting my expect my setting the bar low. But De'Aaron Fox is good enough to to keep that team there, even though their defense stinks. If Tyrese Halliburton is finishing games like he's going to, 
even if Marvin Bagley's dad's going to be mad about it. Tyrese Halberton's going to be on the floor finishing games, and that's going to help their defense a lot. So those two guys, combined with Sean Holmes and some shooting from the outside, should be good enough uh, to get them to the 500 mark, and it's exciting stuff. And one thing I wanted to note from uh, Sunday's game when De'Aaron Fox was cooking Kawhi Leonard, I was listening to the Clippers broadcast, and, and the czar, Mike Fratello, was on the call. He... The czar, always great. One of the things I miss about being at NBA TV is seeing the czar walking around. And the czar said, when Buddy Heald's shirt was untucked, he said, oh, I hope somebody points that out to the referee because he's hot right now. And if he has to tuck in his jersey, then maybe it just gets in his head a little bit and he gets cold. His next three shots, after somebody did tell him to tuck it in, tuck in the jersey, he missed. He didn't hit another shot. He missed his last three shots of the night. The czar. He's on it, man. It was good to good to hear him on the call. And the Kangs win. I, let's, why can't you be excited about this team? <laughs> well, well, let's ask Trey because he's he's talked me off the off the ledge, or you know, not to go so crazy with the bandwagon. Now, now Lee's there. Tess sounds like you're pumped. Uh, Trey, are you joining us here? Has No Dunks become the official podcast of the Sacramento <laughs> Kings, or 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 are you just going to be the voice of reason here and say pump the brakes, everyone? That was a nice win. Again, no Paul George. Yeah, they got they took care of Jokic in the fifty burger, fifty piece. But let's relax. What, what do you think? Well, I hate to see Buddy Heald running around there with an untucked jersey. Shameful stuff. That's why I'm not in on the Kings. They don't have the self-respect to tuck in their shirts. Come on, guys. I don't know. I'm I'm always pumping the brakes on the Kings, man. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox, he is a fourth quarter machine. He is a takeover machine when it really matters. Harrison Barnes, I'm buying his Barnesyard moments out here because the guy has been <laughs> incredible. He had a bad game. Uh, yesterday, he only yeah. had four points. But before that, he was putting in 20 to 25 yeah. a night, basically. And he's been instrumental knocking down uh, the kickouts or putting the ball on the floor from De'Aaron Fox, what, whatever it may be. He's doing a really good job at, at attacking the second sides. And I think that that has certainly helped the Kings, but you mentioned it. They're still the worst defense in the league. The good thing is that they can score. So it means that they're going to be playing them pretty close. It feels like... Uh, they're 24th, I think, in margin of victory, which is pretty low to me. I would have guessed they were higher because it feels like every game is a one or two possession game oh, yeah. with the Kings. But if Fox is going to stay this hot, if he's going to be this money in the fourth quarter, 500 is a goal they should have. And I think that's a pretty realistic goal. And if you're at 500, you're in the mix for the play-in tournament. Yeah, I think that's right. The only way that Czar story could be better to ask is if he said something about, man, Buddy Heald really needs to iron his jersey better. <laughs> Shout out to the Czar. We always saw the Czar at NBA TV. He loved to iron a shirt. And respect, he would do it himself. He wouldn't yeah. give like you know a makeup artist or a wardrobe someone. He would do it himself. He was particular about that. But he was always searching for an iron. Because they always went missing in the NBA TV uh, locker room or whatever. I'm not crazy, am I, guys? Like, yeah. like, I thought that's for sure where Tass was going. So was I. No, I, I, I pumped the brakes on that story. But that 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 man self-respected the heck out of his attire. Because, yes. yeah, he was ironing his shirt. But that shirt was going under a blazer anyway. Yeah, you couldn't barely see So he see just it. respected the uniform, even if yeah. you couldn't see that shirt. Yeah, he's... He's a, man. He's, he's a great man. Okay, great, great man. line from Rodney Ogg in the team stream. Uh, the stream team calling him Iron Mike Fratello. Okay, okay. The Czar is an incredible nickname, but Iron Mike is very good. That's so good. Yeah, if the Czar wasn't already an elite nickname, uh, that would definitely be his new nickname, but still very, very great. Um, okay, let's keep it going. Tass, you're up next. Winner of the weekend. Who you got? The Ball Brothers. All we do is talk about LaMelo Ball. Let's start with Lonzo, and then we'll get to LaMelo in a second. This has been a different Lonzo ball with the Pelicans the last three games. He's been very aggressive. He's had four threes his last few games. Uh, 
and I'm going to buy in. I'm jumping into Lonzo Ball being steady. And the first game on the weekend against the Pacers, he was driving, he was being aggressive. But the the play of note was on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. It was a winning play. He won the basketball game. Down one, time ticking down. Miles Turner, the Pacers, trying to win the basketball game. And Lonzo Ball rotated perfectly as a guard and went vertical on Miles Turner and stopped him from scoring. That yep. was the game-winning shot. A great rotation by a guard to go up against the center. Beautiful stuff. And then on Saturday, Lonzo, 16 points, 7 boards, 7 assists. The Pels have won their last three. No coincidence that Lonzo Ball is playing his best ball of the season. They just need that from their guards, him and Eric Bledsoe. If there's going to be one that's going to do it, I'd bet on Lonzo Ball to do it just because he's younger. And and I used to be an Eric Bledsoe believer. Now I'm a Lonzo Ball believer. Why not? Uh, Okay, moving on to LiAngelo Ball. Just kidding. I'm not sure what he's up to. (laughs) Hopefully he's doing well. Uh, But yeah, LaMelo Ball. He's starting now in Charlotte. Yep. Terry Rozier went down. He went into the starting lineup. Now Devontae Graham has gone down, but I don't think Lonzo, or I'm sorry, Lomelo Ball is going to give up that starting spot. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. He had the game of his life on Friday. 34 points on 27 shots. What? And you'd think he turned it over a ton. No, zero turnovers. Uh, I'm just shocked that the percentages are are staying up. On Sunday, he followed that up with 19-7-5. The last four games as a starter. 22.6 22.6 board, 6 assists, 45 from the floor, 48 from 3. Those numbers will come down, of course. But uh, the, even if they do come down, they're still respectable. He's he's performing in his first opportunity as a starter. And just back to Friday, that's the thir- first 30-point game by a Hornets rookie since, can you guys guess since who? Kemba Walker? I mean, yeah. he would have been a Bobcat, I guess. It, uh, is, a, it is a Bobcat performance, actually. A Mecca Okafor? Uh, no, it's that era, a little bit Gerald more recent. Wallace? No, no, it's Walter Herman. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, yes. <laughs> and if you're on YouTube, you're seeing a photo of Walter Herman. Was that, was what? that like 80 game, 81 of the season or something? Yeah. When he did that? yeah. Something like he that. won yeah. people fantasy leagues. Exactly. That year for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, uh, it's been a Look while. Look at the ball. He's even got the old ball that lasted, uh, yeah, three months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, I just wanted a Walter Herman reference, if I could squeeze it in. Uh, The balls. Is this like, I mean, I'm having deja vu. Was it last week we had the winners of the weekend as the Kings and the Ball Brothers as winners of the weekends? Or am I crazy here? Uh, But that's a good one. Look, I was so wrong about uh, Lonzo, uh, not Lonzo, about LaMelo. Man, I hate that their names are so no, similar. I, <laughs> Drives me I, I agree. I'm going to do it after their whole freaking career. I know, I know. Um, oh, yeah. But I was wrong uh, about the Rook, man. I, I I didn't see it in all the highlights, all these, uh, him playing in Australia. I just wasn't convinced, like especially right away that he would have this impact. And holy crap, has he proven the, the haters, the doubters like me, completely wrong. And he's a fun, like, I'm all in. I like watching him play. And you said, Tess, like the zero turnovers, like that's, that's huge. He's going to get these minutes. He's going to be starting. He can't, you can't take him out of the starting lineup, Borrego no can't, way. if no he way. continues to take care of the ball like that. Because that was the big thing, right? He was like, yeah, he comes in, he has like these cool highlight passes and stuff like that. But if he turns the ball over four or five, six times a game, then that's hurting our team. But he takes away that and is a little more, you know, control with it. But he, yeah, you can't, you're, you were agreeing with me, Lee. You can't take him out now, right? Oh, there's no way. No. The best thing that ever happened for James Borrego was Terry Rozier getting injured, so he had to put him in the starting lineup. Yeah. And now he's like, uh, okay, you ain't coming out now. I yeah. mean, for the month of February, they're only, they're only two and two, but he's putting up 22 points on 45% shooting, 48 from downtown, 93% from the line. Practice your free throws, kids. Six rebounds, six <laughs> assists, uh, and only uh, two and a half turnovers. So yeah, he, he's, he's slotted into that starting lineup perfectly. Um, and yeah, 
there's no way. There is just no way he's coming out of that now unless he gets injured. As far as Lonzo's going, I think this is perfect for David Griffin because yeah. I think he's boosting his trade value here. I, I, I think Lonzo, his future is not with the Pelicans and he's playing well enough that there's a first-round pick and some something else there for a guy who's going to be out of contract at the end of this season anyway, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that's good for the Pelicans. So, But good on Lonzo as well because he started off the season pretty badly. Uh, and he's really picked it up as well. So the, the the balls are having a great February, a great month of February. This is maybe the best ball month of they've had uh, in their careers. But um, but ultimately, I think you know his minutes haven't really increased in New Orleans. Uh, it's not like uh, they're just showcasing him out there. He's just started playing better for whatever you know Stan Van Gundy has said to him, whatever sort of however he's changed his role. Lonzo is playing better. Uh, and this is exactly what the Pelicans need because they're also winning games, getting that notice that uh, he's playing at both ends of the floor, shooting better. So uh, it's all good. And, and I, I just think that Ball, I think he probably gets traded this season. I think Lonzo probably does. Um, and uh, that's good for the Pelicans. All right. Trey, winner of the weekend. Where are you going? Winner of the weekend, the Phoenix Suns, two wins on the weekend. They beat the Pistons on Friday. And then yesterday, they beat the Celtics. They've now won five out of six. The Pistons win. It was pretty easy. Detroit made a little run in the second half, but then Devin Booker and Chris Paul came back in. They each scored 10 in the fourth, and they were basically taking turns uh, busting up the Detroit Pistons. It looked exactly like what you were expecting from the Phoenix Suns. Sunday, though, a little bit more interesting because I'm on DeAndre Ayton watch right now. He's a potential beefer. He's going to have a 20-rebound game sometime this season. He's fourth in the league right now in rebounding. He was my most improved pick. And there was a moment in this game when uh, Monty Williams really had to challenge DeAndre Ayton because the guy was just dropping the ball all over the place. Could not hang on to it. Really showed up, though, in the fourth quarter. 6.6 rebounds. Got the win. I kind of want to see the Suns start to gel a little bit more here. They're down in pace. They're one of the slowest teams in the league after playing 10th in pace last year. And it does feel a little bit like there is a division between Chris Paul's offense and Devin Booker's offense. And I think you're seeing it in the way that DeAndre Ayton's stats have really dropped off so far this season. He's maintained his defensive efforts. He's a pretty solid uh, defensive player. He's obviously great on the boards, but he's only taken 10 shots a game right now. This is a guy that I thought was going to take a step forward, playing alongside Chris Paul, rolling to the hoop, being an aggressive scorer, but that doesn't seem to be what Hmm. Ayton is doing at all this season. Uh, He seems to kind of be finding his place in the offense. There are so many times he gets the ball underneath the hoop and it's a softy fadeaway or a little dinker and dunker. When the guy's out there looking like David Robinson, you would think he'd be dunking all over people. I don't know, though. It's got to be a little bit encouraging if you're a Suns fan to see him show up in the fourth quarter because I think if the Suns are going to take that next step, it's got to be Aiton, right? Like, Chris Paul's getting to the end of his career. He's obviously leveled them up in competition. The Suns are a better team with him around, but they need something on the inside. They need somebody who's going to be putting pressure on the rim time and time again, and obviously he's a young player. He's more a part of the future for Phoenix than Chris Paul is going to be, so they got to figure out a way to really get him engaged and back on the trajectory he was prior to this season because he was looking like a guy who could be a solid defensive player and then a cornerstone offensively. Well, right Mm -hmm. now, he kind of just looks like a defense and rebounding guy, which is not what you wanted at the number one pick. Right. But overall, winner of the weekend, you know, getting the W's, like you said, I like that. They're 13-9. and Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you look at the Western Conference standings, it's so weird because teams have, like, not played the same amount of games or roughly, and it's just strange, but... You know, you got the Jazz at 19 and 5, Lakers 18 and 6, Clippers 17 and 8 now, and then the Phoenix is the fourth seed right now, uh, Lily. Um, uh, you know, one loss better, having only nine to the Spurs, 10 there in the fifth seed. So, I mean, that's a look, that's an awesome season so far 
But I agree 100% with what Trey's saying there about Aiden. It actually reminds me of the Chris Paul sort of offense and then Booker sort of offense, like these two offenses it feels like on one team. A little bit like the uh, Raptors with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and those felt like two different offenses. When Kawhi was out there, obviously you're running everything through him. And then when he was off, it was sort of more of this like sort of free flow and everybody eats type of offense. And they obviously made it work. And we'll, we'll see if the uh, Suns can do the same. Anything to add to Phoenix there, Lili? Uh, still not quite sure of what to make of them. Mm. Uh, fourth seems like a little bit of a high watermark for them. I don't think they're quite that good. But then they do have games, again, against the Celtics, who was still missing Jalen Brown. But the Celtics, you know, you, you always get a tough game. And they won an important one there, and they've won a couple, uh, what are they now, five or six, I think it is, and gotten back on track after dropping three in a row. So uh, need a little bit more time to really evaluate them to see what they're going to be like come playoff time. Because I, I just sort of, when you look at who they're in that mix there with the Spurs and Nuggets, I mean, the Blazers, I think, are probably going to drop off a little bit. I just, I don't, they don't feel like a number four team to me right now. But mm-hmm. uh, as the season goes on, if they can continue to have some, uh, you know, important wins against good teams, and then maybe they'll change that. But uh, not sure yet. Okay. My uh, winner of the weekend is really a game from Saturday night. I'm sure you guys watched this. I'm sure a lot of people joining us on the stream team or listening to the podcast hopefully did. It was a nationally televised game. It lived up to the billing, and that was the Curry versus Donk duel uh, between the uh, Warriors and the Mavericks. It was awesome. Again, it was like, it was especially on the heels of a dud that they had just played with the Warriors blowing them out. That was our NBA uh, happy hour watch party, wasn't it, game? Which Mm -hmm. we didn't watch, of course, because it was a blowout. Um, (laughs) But then this one, yeah, this was so entertaining. You had Curry going for 57. He hits 11 threes. He's doing the, the, the shoulder shimmy. On national television, it was so much fun. I had to show Nora that one. You know, it's like an <laughs> awesome game, and I'm like, you got to see these clips, these highlights here. He's like, she's like, he's doing like us, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. He like, so you could sync it up if you wanted to with that shoulder shimmy. So he goes nuts. Didn't even get the win. Yeah. Luca ties his career high with 42, seven boards, 11 assists, and he made the classic. Uh, LeBron-like right play down the stretch. You know, uh, they're going to throw a double at him, get the ball out of his hands, and he makes the pass to uh, Maxi Kleber, who hits the big three, puts the Mavs up four with five seconds to go, and they hold on to get a, a much-needed win, a good win, because they had that little patch where they were struggling. So just a, a winner of the weekend for the performance these two teams gave, and especially those two players, Tass, Curry, and Luka. Like, what a what a game. I love the comments and the quotes coming out after the game, too. You had Rick Carlisle saying, uh, basically... The donk was like Larry Bird like sort of <laughs> when he see, when he sees the competition doing what they're doing and, and Curry as the example, it's like they take their game to the next level. He was around Larry Bird, he was around Reggie Miller. He said those guys did it. He says Luca can do it and did. And then just yeah, Steve Kerr saying, Well, Curry's a two time MVP and he's playing better than he's ever played. Um and I think that might be true too. So a fun game there on Saturday night. Yeah, good for ABC to get a great Mm. game. Good for the ratings, for the old traditional networks. Uh, Just good in terms of, yeah, eyeballs. And, yeah, Curry, if he is his strongest that he's ever been, like Steve Kerr is saying coming into the season, uh, it's it's, it's hard to argue that. He just looks like uh, he wants to... He wants to carry the team on his back as much as possible. So, yeah, you're getting 50 burgers from uh, Steph Curry here in 2021. I I know there was a lot of talk, uh, some hopes uh, of an MVP season. I I was just, I wanted to pump the brakes on that a little bit. Uh, But my God, uh, it it was only six weeks ago when we were, you know, ending the Warriors, uh, when (laughs) basically saying that they weren't going to have a playoff season because of the way they started this season. 
And uh, yeah, even though uh, Dallas came out and had to win a basketball game, they're desperate for a win. Steph can win every single night. So uh, yeah, the Warriors are, are extremely fun to win again, even though they only can rely really on one guy offensively to score a lot. Mm-hmm. It was crazy too on that Saturday, Trey. We had two guys go for the 50-burger in Jokic and then Curry with the 57, and they both lose. I think it's like the third time in history that's ever happened. As uh, We had some score, and you love the offense there. Wait, first, you're talking about the first time it's ever happened, two dudes. Two, two dudes, dudes, same, same day, day, 50-burgers, mm. in losses. Ah, in losses. Ah. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. yep. there was a weird one a couple of years ago, didn't Damian Lillard and D'Angelo Russell had uh, 50 plus points on the same day they weren't mm-hmm. both they weren't both losses yeah so. yeah i think it's the third time in history that uh, mm-hmm. it's happened in obviously two separate games the 50 burgers but anyway you love offense tracy so must have loved this game yeah i love offense and i'm also a fan of basketball much like you so i yeah. too enjoyed this basketball match there was a great pump fake party lee with a, an yes. unusual angle i think uh curry <laughs> caught the ball in the right corner and they were doing like the rail cam so it was right in front of him you saw the pump fake two guys go flying Right on side of him, he steps in for the nice little, I don't know, probably 20-foot jumper. I don't know if it's going to be in the very solid plays of the week, but that's a nice look at a pump fake. And, you know, as basketball fans as we are, we appreciate a nice look at a pump fake. Sure it's can. in the uh, preliminary <laughs> rounds, yes, for the wow. play, uh, very solid plays. Because uh, you've got to watch the Mavs and the Warriors always because Draymond makes some gorgeous passes. Oh, yeah. Luca makes some gorgeous passes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a fun game to watch. And then it was fun to sort of rewatch for the very solid play candidates. So, mm. uh, so that was awesome. But I honestly thought Steph... Could have cracked 70 uh, on Saturday because as this game was unfolding, I think he had seven threes at half time. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, this could be one of those ones where we finally get that that big one. Steph sort of feels so different this year because he feels like he's re, uh, re-energized. He's fresh. He's ready to sort of carry that team. And uh, when he gets that going, man, those shots, that one that he pulled up from the logo in the first half, I think it was. Uh, that was just an incredible shot. You see Rick Carlisle's face of dejection on the <laughs> sidelines there. So, uh, yeah, a little surprise he only ended up with uh, 11 threes. I thought he might have gone for uh, Clay's record there. You sort of hope for it as well. You'd love to see that national broadcast game. I know it's a Saturday night when the Super Bowl's the next day, so people's focus is, is elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, he's, he's just so good when, it, when, he's, uh, when he's got it going out there. You mentioned Draymond's uh, passing and his assists. I don't know what percentage of his assists go to Steph Curry, but it's got to be 95. I feel like he is only wanting to pass the ball to Curry, especially on a night like Saturday when he's on fire. We saw it against the Trailblazers, too. It feels like anytime Draymond gets a rebound, he's like, it's like a, it's like a me and Skeets out there on a Wednesday. We're only passing to each other. <laughs> and that's exactly what it feels like. He's like, Draymond gets it. The Warriors are a team, a basketball team, and for years, they have wanted to involve everybody and everybody gets a touch. And that's still what they're doing. Steph Curry is still the Tim Duncan of guards where he's happy to pass it to somebody else. It'll come back to me at some point. But Draymond, he understands. He's like, you know what? Every time we need a basket, I'm passing it to Stephen Curry. And I don't care if Andrew Wiggins gets mad. I don't care if Kent Bazemore right. gets mad. I'll find them if they're underneath the basket wide open. Otherwise, dish it to Curry. It works. Yeah. Well, yeah. um... Go ahead. I've got something here. Let me see. I, oh, uh, boy. Uh, yeah, because you, you can break I can't that stuff stand down. when you do this. Why do you do this every show <laughs> now? You're like, hold here. on. Hold on. I have something here, here but you, you keep, don't keep have looking. it. Keep looking. Yeah, keep looking. Yeah, yeah. I'll, try to, I'll try to make sense of it first. You guys keep talking yeah. for a sec there. <laughs> I just want to note, I, I am a fan of the game of basketball. I'm also a fan of camera work and the artistry of camera work. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. you, and you just brought up the rail cam, Trey. Uh, watching in the Super Bowl, they had that camera where the – the camera was in focus at the front and then a soft focus oh, behind it. Oh, an 8K it. camera. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. 
it's a blast. Why don't we have that as the rail camera? Oh, I mean, maybe it's a billion dollar that would be camera. Baller. But yeah, yeah, when when you saw Steph and the two defenders fly by him, if those guys were out of focus, that's just a sexy cinematic shot right that there. That camera like, is so awesome. JD, I don't know if you watched any of the Super Bowl, if you want to comment on the AK. Because they used it in the Royal Rumble, too. Trey, I, oh, I don't cool. know if you were uh, catching the illegal stream. I got one. I found one for there the Rumble. Buddy. And they did it for the entrances. It looks like a video game to me. Like the way the person like moves and just like, yeah, that the focus as Tass said. What did you see any of the game last night, uh, JD? Yeah, yeah, I watched yeah. it uh, okay. until the th- midway through the third quarter. But yeah, oh, that geez, that camera is awesome. It's uh, but they call it. it did, what do they call it? it I thought it was an 8K camera, but the, it, it, that's what they call it. But it's oh. not. And then they, it's actually not even 4K. Essentially, it's just a like a really nice DSLR that, um, oh. and it seems to be on autofocus, really. But yeah, it is awesome, man. That. They need to. I absolutely hundred percent agree. They need to add more of that. And when crowds come back, they need to keep the rail cam too because it's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's probably on autofocus too because a lot of the time everything was in focus, and then there's just that perfect time when oh, the yeah. guy, the guy in the <laughs> foreground, Patrick Mahomes, was in focus as he was getting plastered by a defender who was out of focus or whatever. Uh, but yeah. DS, DSLR, huh? Cool. Well, I think so. I think okay. so. I, okay. I, I, I was reading up about it a little bit because, I mean, they've been using it all season in the end zone, right? When they, for celebrations and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, because they usually come on, like it's someone operating it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like a steady cam guy. Yeah. And he just runs in. I'm surprised that no one's been bowled over yet with some of the <laughs> celebrations, right? But, yeah. uh, but it's it's awesome. It puts you right in the game. Oh, it I love it. Incredible, yeah. man. I'm telling you, like, just even, I'm sure somebody's cut them or something. Look at some of the Rumble, like, entrances. It looks, because they've got the steady cam. like, I'm telling you, it looks incredible, Tess. Like, it like it just makes the wrestler, like, look even 100 times cooler somehow. I don't know how. But, Lee, did you find the stat you were looking for, man? Yeah, I've got something here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Draymond Green, according to NBA.com, okay. 49.5% of his passes... Go to Stephen Curry. Assists or passes? Well, that's just passes. Okay. Right? Uh, and now Stephen Curry is uh, is shooting on those passes, 4.53 point attempts a game, and he's okay. shooting 49.4% on wow. Draymond Green wow. passes. Right in the pocket, yeah. Draymond. Nice. Yeah. Well, Draymond had the insane line too, right? From, uh, yes. From, it was like two points, 15 assists, like six steals, four blocks. Uh, I mean, it was almost... I almost had to, had to just... Out of respect for that weird line, give him whoa boy, but there were some monsters, so I could. I gave him a, I gave him a shout out instead. Yeah. All right, uh, good stuff. Let's uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll get to our NBA weekend losers. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately, so I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. 
It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash no dunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash no dunks. Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Uh, okay, NBA Weekend Losers. Trey, get us started. Where are you going? I hate to do it. Pacers. Losers of the weekend. 0-2 weekend for the Pacers. It's their first three-game losing streak of the year. They've lost five of their last six and suddenly are down to fifth in the Eastern Conference at 12-12. and Tough loss on Friday to the Pelicans. They had a comeback attempt. They got pretty close. We talked about it earlier. Lonzo Ball stonewalling Miles Turner at the rim. Shades of Miles Turner in the FIBA World Cup trying to make a play from 20 feet. He can't do it. That's not his strength, but that mm-hmm. comeback attempt, I do think kind of left the Pacers gassed for their game Sunday against the Jazz. It was their fifth game in eight days, and it kind of showed, especially with DeMontis Sabonis, who struggled over the weekend. He was 7 of 19 against the Jazz, just 10 of 32 on the weekend, and just looked visibly pissed off for the entirety of this game against the Jazz. People were missing defensive rotations. He is, you know, we kind of have this dichotomy where you're either a great defensive player or you're a terrible defensive player. Sabonis to me is kind of the definition of an average defensive player. He's usually in the right place. He cleans up the glass, but he's not super quick. He's not a super jumper. So when the Pacers are playing two bigs, he can be on an island against a guy like Royce O'Neal, who you don't think of as an offensive player, but he can kind of leave Sabonis in the dust. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if the Pacers are starting to stare, uh, to wear down here. Sabonis, third in the league in minutes. Brogdon, fourth in the league in minutes. The trade with Victor Oladipo and Karis LeVert obviously saved Karis LeVert's life, but it does leave the Pacers down a guy on both ends. The usage rates for Sabonis are up and for Brogdon are up while their efficiency is down. The defense doesn't look as good because you've got guys like Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday out there rather than Victor Oladipo, who is not obviously at his prime, but still brings it on both ends. They're a top six team, I think, in the Eastern Conference, no doubt about it. They're going to get a few days off here. I don't think they play until Wednesday. But the Pacers are struggling a little bit right now. They're asking for a lot from their guys who are knocking on the door of the All-Star game, and it's starting to show. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a that's a good one. Lee, let's keep it moving here. Who you go for, loser of the weekend? Well, I'm starting to get a little worried for my Cavs. Uh, our early season surge might be regressing to the mean a little bit. Now, two losses to the weekend, uh, two losses to the Bucks on the weekend here. <laughs> no shame in losing uh, too much weekend talk uh, to Milwaukee. They're a good team. But the average margin of victory in those two games was 22.5 points. Uh, and their record against teams above 500 isn't good. They're only 4-9, and nine, the Cavs, my Cavs. Uh, and now they head out on a tough five-game road trip against only teams that are five, over 500. And mm. they do it without Larry Nance, who's out for about four to six weeks, the same with a finger injury. Uh, and he's been a big part of their defensive uh, intensity this season. So... Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I just I just wonder if, uh, you know, that early season surge was uh, a little bit of a mirage. I hope not. I hope they can get it together because they've been competing. But again, you know, when you lose by uh, so, such a big mar- margin twice in a row to a good team in the Bucks, just a little bit of concern there. Their defense, remember, early in the season was like second or third in the league. It's dropped to only 10th. It's still 10th, okay. which is fine. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough when they head out on this road trip. This is this is a real, real tough one for them. So they could come back and find themselves uh, well down the standings. They're still in the East. And, look, you've got two teams right now, three teams, in fact, the Hawks, the Hornets, and the Knicks, who are in the playoffs, and they're all below 500. So the Cavs, if they can just hang tight there, they might still be in the race. But uh, just you just certainly they haven't been playing as well as we uh, saw them burst out of the gates this season. So uh, I'm going to hang in there with them, but um, okay. not all that confident right now. You're not going to get rid of your sex Lynn oh, t-shirt? Oh, no way. No okay, way. Okay. I didn't no. think so. I didn't yeah. think so. Uh, you, uh, there it is. Um, wow. I was wondering... <laughs> You know, you, you slipped in the Larry Nance injury, which is which is tough, right? Four to six weeks. Uh, and he had been playing great. At the at one point, he was leading the league in steals per game. I yeah. think OG has overtaken him there now. But uh, Tass, you said on, on what you need to know today that you didn't think that, you know, changes the course of maybe still trying to trade him or there being a suitor for Larry Nance Jr. Because Aaron Gordon got injured, right? And we started to wonder, oh, does that have an impact on someone trading for him, being injured as we head to the deadline. Well, now the same thing's happening with Larry Nance, but you still think something could be, a deal could be made to get him on another team. Yeah, and I probably am taking the position of the other 29 teams in the NBA that see a guy like Larry Nance, who's young, probably at his peak right now, uh, and would want him on our t- my team. Mm-hmm. But um, every time I write that, every time I talk about Larry Nance as a trade ship, I get yelled at by Cavs fans because oh. he is he is the heart of, of their team. Like, he is he's a big part of their their defense, as Lee was just saying. So I'm not sure if they do trade him uh, just because, yeah, they like him. That yeah. being said, if they continue to be bad, which I kind of see them on that trajectory, they were just punching above their weight a little bit. Uh, then they have to make a decision. At some point, where do you do it? Uh, are you going to go with the youngies or are you going to go with the oldies? But they're probably going to trade Andre Drummond first and Kevin Love second and Larry Nance third. So they have there's a there's a long list and, and Larry Nance probably isn't first on the list to, to get dealt. And that makes sense because he's good. My loser of the weekend, I'm going to give it to the NBA. And just hear me out here on this one. For a couple of reasons, uh, they're the loser of the weekend. First off, how they handled the Kevin Durant situation on Friday night versus the Raptors, bad look all around. And we can get into that in detail in a second. On top of that, though, the NBA also had many more all-star players pushing back on the idea of having an all-star game. It's not just, uh, well, it was De'Aaron Fox calling it stupid. Then it was LeBron saying, I got zero excitement, zero energy for this thing. Now we got a whole lot of other guys echoing those comments. But the Durant thing, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Friday versus the Raps, like I said, Durant couldn't start the game and then he couldn't finish it uh, because he was removed in the third quarter because of the NBA's health and safety protocols. And Katie was, I I mean, I guess he was angry, uh, at least on social media. He was tweeting, free me. The NBA (laughs) uh, spokesman, Tim Frank, he released a statement. And and so to try and make sense of what was going on, again, Katie didn't start the game. Like right at the last minute, he was pulled from starting, which is the first time ever in his career that he came off the bench. But yeah, he comes in and then is pulled in the third quarter. And it was like, he's like visibly like, what is going on here? But the NBA said he tested negative three times Duranted in the last 24 hours prior to that game. But someone with whom Durant had interacted with in the afternoon of that game had an inconclusive test result returned shortly before the game. So Durant was initially held out while that test was being reviewed. 
But here's the quote from the league. Under the league's health and safety protocols, we do not require a player to be quarantined until a close contact has a confirmed positive test. Again, that was inconclusive. During the game, a positive result was returned for the person Durant interacted with. Once that test was confirmed positive, out of an abundance of caution, Durant was removed from the game. And I think that's the part that's getting people upset, the abundance of caution. Sounds a little laughable because you weren't all that cautious allowing him maybe to play in the first place. of the game but then you're pulling him and now he's going to miss three games he's going to be eligible to rejoin the team probably on friday but this was a weird look Tass, and, and maybe i'm wrong maybe I'm, I'm i'm blowing this out of proportion but what was your take on how the how the league really handled it because again they said we allowed him to play because it was inconclusive but then when we found out that guy was positive that katie was with throughout the day then we were extremely cautious to take him out does that make sense <laughs> Um, yeah, they, it was there wasn't an abundance of caution. That that's true. No. Uh, but then hearing the reports afterwards about uh, who Kevin Durant was with, uh, the Athletic did a great job of breaking this all down, doing the investigation that Kevin Durant was with a staffer for the Brooklyn Nets, going to and from his testing. Uh, Kevin Durant uh, basically, when you, you know, when it comes down to it, was held out of a game because. He and his, and the staffer from the team weren't wearing masks when they were going to get tested. When mm-hmm. Kevin Durant was going to get tested, now isn't that ironic? I mean, it, it's uh, it's a little bonkers. It's just there's like a billion different reports uh, and and rules that aren't rules that you can read about, uh, and, and that don't make sense. So Kevin Durant was pulled from this game. It's happened a bunch of times where it doesn't really make sense that guys are pulled in the middle of games when something is found out like Jonas Valanciunas was pulled in the middle of the game when it's, it was realized that something that a test was, uh, uh came back, uh, for, with the Memphis Grizzlies or something came, something happened, uh, in the back, you know, that, uh, that related to a, a result of a test. So he gets pulled in the middle of a the game. There definitely was an abundance of caution there. Steph Curry, I'm sorry, Seth Curry was on the bench when, uh, he was told that he tested positive and he had to be yanked from mm-hmm. a, a Sixers game. But the game uh, continues. <laughs> the game continues, yeah. yeah. So um, it's quite convoluted, and uh, yeah, doesn't seem like to be. It doesn't seem like there's an abundance of caution happening. And don't you just think that there would be a better way of getting a guy tested than go, getting in a car with somebody who later tests positive and he's not wearing a mask? There's got to be a better way, right? Um, just doesn't make sense. What do you think, Trey or Lee? We'll go with you first, Trey. It's it's impossible to figure out what is going on. It, honestly, I feel like Tass, it's so confusing where it's an abundance of caution that you don't start the game, but then you play the game, but then you have to leave during the game. You can play against each other, but you can't hug. We don't want uh, you to leave your hotel room when you're on the road, but we're going to have an all-star game. Uh, the league <laughs> has been very reactive to uh, COVID and figuring out how they want to approach things and the, the different protocols they want to have. They're not being proactive about it. And it shows every single time that we have something like this, where it feels like they can't make up a decision and they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth. It's impossible to figure out what it comes down to is that the league is going to try and make money every single time they can. And that means that they're going to be risking the health of their players and the staff that is around them. And that's just going to continue to be the case. Like you're saying, Skeets, we heard over the weekend more players literally echoing LeBron's words. Like yeah. Giannis basically said, LeBron said he doesn't want to play, so I don't really want to play either. I'm going to do it, but I don't want to be there. Uh, and when you hear the quotes that you're hearing from Kawhi, LeBron, Giannis, 
it's also a, a factor of we want to actually get a chance to see our families here. Like we're, when we're yeah. out on the road, we're having these long road trips. They're boring road trips because we're not able to do anything but go to the gym and get tested and then go back to our hotel room then go back and get tested, which they have to be doing this. They have to be as safe as they possibly can. But you hear Draymond describe what the days are like, and it's just basketball for these guys. And they were looking forward to a week off to actually get to see their families. Now they're not getting it during a very stressful time. It's impossible to figure out what the league is doing because it feels like they're just flying by the seat of their pants with every single decision. Yeah, Lee, any comments on what either happened with Durant or, like Trey said, all these guys echoing what LeBron and and Jaron Fox has already said, like, what are we doing with this All-Star game? Like, just give us those four or five days off so we can go see our families and we can reset and breathe a little bit and then kick off the second half. What do you think? We are going to follow the big dog, is what Yana said. And people weren't sure if they were talking about uh, Glenn Robinson or... Uh, uh, there was LeBron. Another, no, oh. yeah, there was another one. There was another big dog. Was it Corliss Williamson? Was he, oh, he was the big Antoine Carr. Oh, Antoine Carr, that's the one, yeah. Uh, but that... Um, yeah, the league took some bad uh, PR hits this weekend because yeah. when you have t- players openly basically just mocking this idea of the All-Star game, just saying, this, we don't want to do this. This is not right. This is the, We just can't get around this then how many of them really have to sort of stand up and say, we're not doing it for the NBA to pull back? Because I saw that they were basically close to finalizing the agreement for the All-Star weekend this week mm-hmm. between the league and the Players Association. So there's some uh, bad messaging there. But the Durant Friday night situation against the Raptors was uh, very embarrassing because if he uh, was taken out of the game for an abundance of caution, then the Raptors and the Nets should also not be playing for another seven days. If Durant can't play, then nobody should because how can you like uh, put him to the side and say, well, he was exposed to someone who did end up testing positive. Well, Durant was out on the court, breathing all over guys, playing the game, sharing that basketball. So out of an abundance of caution, nobody should be playing. Yeah. But yeah. instead, it's like, no, we just just keep pushing ahead until uh, for as long as we can. But, you know, I, I just, I cannot understand how until they knew the other guy tested positive, why Durant was even allowed to play. That just does not make any sense to me. And then you make that problem so much worse by letting him play and going, okay, well, he tested negative three times. But then the guy, oh, we found out this guy did test positive, so we have to pull him out of the game halfway through after he wasn't allowed to start. That just, yeah. that, that looks chaotic from the league. So right. uh, they really need to clean that up. But also, uh, the messaging is not clear enough to the players. If Kevin Durant's in a car with somebody and they're not wearing masks, they, they, should, they should be wearing masks because you have to wear a mask when you're on the sideline of playing in a game when you're not wearing masks out there playing on the court. That's how the NBA is trying to say, you know, as Trey mentioned, there, you're not allowed to give each other high fives or handshakes or hugs after the game. Which is bullshit. I don't know why oh, we keep pretending this is a rule. That's all they Exactly. Do. <laughs> but surely the messaging should be if you're out in public, you're not allowed to see anyone outside of the hotel room. But if you're in public, you have to be wearing a mask. If yeah. Durant and the staff that didn't know that, or they just like, oh, who cares? No one's going to find out. Well, people did find out because this guy tested positive. So, uh mm-hmm. Yeah, just just um, uh, an embarrassing weekend for the for the league office, really. Yeah, and we'll see what happens here with this All Star game. You're, like it is, it's strange that it makes like there's like a disconnect between the players' union led by Chris Paul, maybe, and then some of these star players. Though Chris Paul was asked about this, and and even he sort of made comments of like, yeah, I understand, like I'm away from my family and all that, and maybe this break, this little reset, would have been good for everybody's health, you know, both mentally and physically and all that. And I, I don't know what's going on here, and I just wonder. Like, is this just everybody getting this off their chest and then we just go through forward with this game anyway? Um, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys, I asked you that question last week and you said, yeah, that's absolutely what's going to happen. You know, when we talked about LeBron's comments, you're like, yeah, you know, LeBron will say this. He'll make it clear that he doesn't really love it, but he'll be there and do it. But 
unless all these all-stars like band together and like, we're not doing this. We don't want to do this. Uh, you're probably right. It'll it'll end up happening. But man, that's going to make for an even weirder all-star game. Already going to be a strange one when you consider everything and whether or not it should be going on. But if these guys, we all basically know they all don't want to be there, then what are we doing? Uh, I don't know. I, I still think it could be canceled, but maybe I'm, mm. maybe I'm just they'll, a weirdo. I think they'll just keep dodging bullets the league uh, as long as they can because, uh, you know, you can just shrug off the comments of LeBron and Giannis if the Players Association agrees to it, then they kind of have to For go. Sure. Really. For sure. Really. So uh, I think that's what they'll do. But it's just, again, it's, it's it, we should just not pretend that this has got anything to do with health and safety or the no. mental health of the players. It's like, we need to just keep making money and we're going to do that. An All-Star Weekend makes money, so let's do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, final uh, Loser of the Weekend on a little lighter note here, Tess. What do you got? Uh, loser of the Weekend are the wedgie traditionalists out there. Uh, all those who uh, yeah, like their wedgies pure. Uh, because, <laughs> listen, uh, I understand. I understand when we called uh, Montrez Harrell's wedgie uh, a wedgie, the, the ball that, that, that got lodged in between the rim and the backboard after he was fouled, but the foul was clearly on the floor. It was mm. a, it was well after the play. I understand if you're a wedgie traditionalist, you're a little bit more discerning than than we are this year. Then I understand. So yeah, loser of the weekend. And then we got number eighteen after that, a true wedgie. True. Uh, it, it was yeah. Kendrick Nunn sticking it. Uh, against the Knicks, second one in a week that was just on a layup attempt that got stuck. Yeah. So that one, that one's a wedgie. But uh, at this point in this year, anything goes. So <laughs> uh, you know, in years past, oh my god, that Montrez Harrell wedgie <laughs> wouldn't have been a wedgie. It wouldn't right. have been. Um, but this is this is a different year. <laughs> the rules go out the window. So I understand uh, if if you're going to hate this show forever because of what you saw. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, we got number 17 and 18. We're calling it a wedgie, and that's why we're still on pace for 61. Hello. Uh, great art by Nick Jell here if you're watching on YouTube. So thanks to Nick Jell for sending that in. I've got a question. Well, be, yeah. be honest with me. Because I I, uh, I clipped the 17, the Montrose Harrell one. I had it up on Twitter. And I tweeted at you guys, all three of you specifically. Like, hey, what are we doing here? Are we counting this one? <laughs> Tass, you're right. Whistle's on the floor, so it's not technically a shot and all that. You know, what are we doing? We wouldn't normally count these in the past. So it sounds like everybody agreed. I was like, yeah, we're in a wild time here. Let's mm-hmm. count it. You know, let's live in the moment. But did your opinion change once we got number 18? You know, like another one on the weekend. Were you like, did you want to almost like take it back? Or was everyone like, you know, all in on Montrez Harrell's wedgie? Trey, did you have a, did you think for a second, oh, well, we ended up getting one on the weekend. Do we need to count that one too? Or or no, hard, fast, you're 18. I was 100% in. Once number 18 happened, I was even more so in. Once it has been clipped, nice. it must be tipped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's actually a good line, but it no. definitely rhymes. Uh, honestly, this one's on the refs. That was a weak call. That should have been on the shot attempt. That should have been a shot attempt. Ergo, it counts to me as a wedgie. We're living in wild times. The wedgie brings light to people. We're not going to take it away from them. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. I think they actually called it, I forget which broadcast it was there for the Herald, um, you know, wedgie. I throw it in air quotes. They said wedgie, too. I think that helps it, it helped it, uh, chances of, of it being clipped and tweeted out, which makes it <laughs> official, apparently. Lee, no problems with this? Fine yeah, with yeah. Uh, I, I, I think we've got to uh, give the benefit of the doubt to the wedgie and not take it away. Add it to the total. Always, okay. always. Right. I almost got a wedgie on my little hoop out here on the weekend, which is incredible. I'm Are one we going to little- count it, were we? If I, if it had stuck, I'm definitely taking a photo. I'm putting it out there to the audience. Okay. Take in every wedge we can. 
Okay. Yeah. So that was, so and that was Bill Bill McDonald of the Lakers broadcast. I was who called okay. that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, there's a handful of just special special broadcasters that call it a wedgie every single time. I think Bill is one of them, even though it wasn't a wedgie, and he knew it. He knew it too. While he was saying it, he's like, "Hey, man, I don't get many opportunities to do this. It's a wild and crazy year. I'm calling this a wedgie. We're counting it. Tweet at us. We don't care. At No Dunk Zinc. Let us know. Have we tainted? the wedgie forever for you now uh we did have a poll up i don't know if it was you trey or Tass, but like it, you know it was pretty resounding yeah we should count it right it was like what was it like 80 percent something yeah, like that it was so a high yeah, number yeah, Bi- yeah biased audience though yeah biased. You know, i mean they, they want to count the wedgies just like we do okay but i mean i would say 80 to 20 is a pretty it's a pretty pretty big margin of victory yeah, yeah. no we're, we're counting it we're at 18 counting uh, awesome all right time for tweet of the night Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Let's go back to the Super Bowl, baby. Oh, boy. And and, uh, it has to do with the broadcasters as well. So uh, when a fan ran on the field, (laughs) Bubba Prague tweeted this glorious call on Westwood One Radio by the great, we know him in the basketball world, Kevin Harlan. Have a listen. 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants. Take off the bra and be a man. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I know the, cool. uh, the main cameras go away from the, the always the guy that's running on the field, but glad yeah. that we have the, uh, the handheld phone cam footage just to see him with the bra running down the field as Kevin Harlan. <laughs> Pull up your pants, my man. <laughs> He's done that before, right? Harlan has. It was, yeah. a, was it a was it an animal or something? Running I feel like it was a cat, maybe. Yeah. On the field. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's this he guy just, doing? What's this guy doing? Sliding at the one, too, man. Like diving into the end zone. Like I can't believe he didn't finish. Oh the yeah. Run. Had his he eyes could, on the prize. Yeah. Right. Maybe he's a big Titans fan. Didn't they come up short against the Rams or something? Oh, Kevin Dyson, break the plane, buddy. There it is. Uh, So that was a great call. There was also uh, a good little call from the BBC. Here it is. Patrick Mahomes. I got a second, Vernon. We have an intruder on the field, which I... I, Uh This is the last place I would go. (laughs) If you're going to run anywhere like that, I mean, the last place you'd go is... Buy a load of American footballers in helmets and shoulder pads. Well, let's be honest. Uh, uh, you drive, you you run past the team who are angry. They're annoyed. They're upset. <laughs> Just always great to hear. You know. The, the, the Brits call American football, Americans call soccer, you know? It's just it's just good. It's just good. I always like it. All right. Kevin Harlan getting tweet of the night there. I love it. Okay, pick 'em results. From Friday night, it was the Celtics Clippers game. Clippers were favored by five and a half. And uh, a couple of us took Boston. I got the win. So Tass, you and I both had the Celtics. The Beantown boys, you and me on Friday night, got the W. Tass, you improved to two and three. I'm three and two, leading the way. Lee, you took an L with the Clippers. You're one and four. And Trey Kirby, I mean, this is just uh, 
It's almost impressive at this point. Starting the month, 0-5, not easy to do. Looking Perfect for week. his first W here. So <laughs> yeah. what's tonight's game there, Tass? Uh, the Bucks at the Denver Nuggets. Should be a good one on NBA TV. The Bucks are four and a half point favorites in Denver, so they got to win by a decent amount. They've won four in a row, while Denver has lost two in a row. Not as many as Trey Kirby has lost. So Trey, uh, do you want to pick first, or you want to do the swerving like you did last time? Which obviously wasn't successful. You don't want to go first. No, I'll go first. Oh, I will okay, definitely go first. I uh, watched the football match last night, and the Bucks destroyed an innovative passer. So give me the Milwaukee wow. Bucks over the Denver Nuggets. In this case, the Bucks are the Bucks, and the fancy passer is Nikola Jokic rather mm. than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Behind the metaphor, right there. Could he go for a perfect month? 0-28, I remember how excited Nora was just a week ago. The perfect square month. Right. Can he <laughs> go calendar. 0 for 25? Let's see. Uh, I guess wow. it'd be 0 for 20, right? Probably early four or five. Yeah. Math yeah, yeah. it up. Yep. There's no way you go 0 for 20. Oh my god. Is that a challenge? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is absolutely a challenge. You may not even finish you may not even finish last, by the way. <laughs> like uh, yeah, exactly. it's not like we're knocking this out of the park and running away from you. I mean, I'm only like three up on you and I'm in first for crying out loud. Uh, I'll go next. Give me the Nuggets. Uh, give me a close game. NBA TV. I, I don't even think the uh, Nuggets necessarily win this one, but I think they keep it close enough. I think we got a one or two uh, possession game down the stretch. Denver plus four and a half for me. Lee, what do you think? Yeah, that's tough. The Nuggets are uh... <laughs> always starts like that. I don't know which way to go on this one, but um, I will take the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they, I think they can do it. I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, who cares? Give me the Bucks. Mm. Uh, yeah, I will take uh, the Denver Nuggets. Oh to wow! Go, to be exactly like we were on Friday, right. Skeets, Skeets and I on the one side, Trey and Lee on the other, and. Just like Friday, Lee would say, uh, I don't know, basically a repeat other than the uh, the great metaphor there from Trey on the, the football metaphor. So you can just replay this segment basically every show. We basically do the same thing. <laughs> it's true. We really could. Uh, all right. So we'll call it there. That was a fun Monday show. Thank you so much to the stream teamers for joining us live. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast later in the day. If you do, listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review. We would really appreciate it. Go grab your new No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. Got to rep the brand. Keep emailing your questions and your comments in for uh, this Wednesday's Beach Steppin' Podcast, nodunks at theathletic.com to email them in. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. We're so close to 30,000. Let's get there. Let's get there in the next couple of days, guys. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Athletic for $3.99 a month. That's it. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. So they know that we sent you and you can get the best damn sports writing in the world. You can get these podcasts ad-free. What a deal. What a deal. All right. Great stuff, guys. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I want to get to 30,000 tonight because on tomorrow's show... I want the five of us to, to be holding six-inch subs. Oh, five boy. of us. Six-inch subs across our screen. It's going to look glorious. That's 30 inches of subs at, for 30,000 subscribers. I'm going to see if Danielle really loves me because on Friday, she brought me in an Arby sandwich at 10 a.m. Eastern. Yeah. Let's see if she'll deliver five subs to each of us before the show. See if she really loves me. Let's get there. 30,000 subs. Let's do it. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.